Hi, Victoria. Hello, Miguel. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. How are you? Um, I don't know about blessed, but highly favored. Definitely. And blessed oh. you are. <laughs> we could talk about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, as as we've said, uh, your name is Victoria, and my name is Michael. Um, so uh, this is the first episode of. Can I say that? Can I say that? Yeah. Can I say that? Um, and you know, this was born out of uh, out of I, I guess current events, but we've been saying for a while that we wanted to start a uh, mm-hmm. podcast together because we do have some really interesting, I think, interesting. Uh, conversations absolutely about, uh, race and um, uh, you know race relations and mm-hmm. current events and historical yes. events in the LGBTQ plus community yes um, yes so um, you know and lately I just I have enough white guilt to shame a nun so I really <laughs> I really wanted to to finally get on the ball and and, and do this so um Again, I'm Michael, and uh, I'm your guilty white queer, and uh, you are the lovely Miss Queen Victoria Hollywood. Yes, um, yes. And you're the Bougetto, the the there you go. Bougetto queen. What is there Bougetto? Is a word that is a combination of bougie and ghetto mashed up into one. Okay, so you're you're bougie and you're ghetto. I'm bougie and I, I can be a little ghetto. I can be a yeah. little ghetto. I think you refer to that as when the Vicky comes out. Yeah, when Vicky comes out, that may not yeah, be I don't pretty be around Vicky. <laughs> I don't think I really met Vicky. I've heard about Vicky, but I never met. Yeah, Vicky. doesn't. Yeah, it, it's it's not a pretty sight, but it takes a lot for that to happen, and it, it it's been some years since that's come out. So let's let's keep her suppressed. So um. We're going to talk about Dr. Robin D'Angelo and her book that she wrote in 2018, uh, White Fragility. But I know first um, there's uh, something you wanted to talk about. So uh, we have a couple of items we're going to address first. Um, And you had something you wanted to speak about? Well, nothing. I mean, well, first of all, today is July 4th, may we add. It is July 4th, yes. It is mm-hmm. July 4th. And, you know, with the current events, this is something that now Black people are more, their eyes are open not to celebrate this holiday like we may have in the past. Because this technically was not was not our independence. No, no, it you know? wasn't. And I'm, really, you were the one who, who opened my eyes to that because I never really thought about it before. I don't. We don't get taught that. We get taught that this is the day that we gained our independence as a country, but we still had mm-hmm. um, a large portion of our population enslaved um, yeah. during that. And um, yeah. many of the people who were enslaved actually helped us gain our independence and still remained enslaved. So it really, mm-hmm. um, it really is not the Independence Day of all Americans. And, no. you know knowing that and seeing that i mean it's it's hard to square the circle though of of i mean i'm not much of um your your classical patriot as far as you know i i do like my country i love my country i appreciate it but yeah. at the same time mm-hmm. i do think we need to acknowledge history 
And mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, when it comes to something like July 4th, I want to acknowledge that, yes, America did win independence from the Brits. Mm-hmm. However, yes. we also need to acknowledge that not everyone gained their freedom or gained their independence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know the answer to that, especially as a white person. I don't know the answer to that. Do we do away with July 4th altogether? I, honestly, I don't no. carry the way. Um, or do we do we make a new holiday? Do we celebrate Juneteenth? I I personally mm-hmm. want to celebrate Juneteenth. I think Juneteenth is definitely a day we should also celebrate as well as Juneteenth. Yeah, I think Juneteenth absolutely should be made a national holiday. But I don't want to do away with Independence Day. You know, let America still rejoice in that moment. I think Columbus Day is something that should be transformed into maybe Indigenous Day. Indigenous you know. Peoples Day. Yeah, and I and I already have been viewing that as I mean, I think Columbus Day is is uh, a complete and utter sham. Um, it's I mean, he mm-hmm. never stepped foot on American soil. Um, and mm-hmm. um, he was um, even for the time um, a pretty terrible person so i don't know why we have Absolutely. a day for columbus day i also don't know why italians care so much about columbus yeah. day um, <laughs> they I do don't, love their columbus day i don't day. know why i really don't get it i i never as an italian i never understood that or cared um yeah. so i mean more about more about july 4th i yeah i don't i don't know it's 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 difficult because you know, it is a way for us to kind of rejoice in that. Um, you know, the the English call it high treason day for us. They they joke and say happy high treason oh. day for that yes. from the Brits. Um, but so going further, um, I mean, yeah. Is there is there anything else to that point that? No, I just happen to be wearing my t-shirt today that crosses out July 4th and represents Juneteenth so I just wanted to make that note since we are recording on this special day yeah and again I agree with you I think I think it should mm-hmm. be noted that you know um, Juneteenth is an important holiday and it should also be a national holiday um, although I would Absolutely. argue that I don't really I don't really like national holidays to begin with because no matter what we're excluding people and we're um, that's a whole different conversation but yeah we'll we'll yeah. talk about that another time about national holidays yeah. i just don't like the idea that people are deciding what's a holiday and what's not a holiday like the fact that mlk yeah, yeah. day is not really a national holiday in the way that it should be yeah that, you know some schools do get off but most don't and that's yeah that's a problem agree. you know Mm-hmm. Um, I would think, well, things are changing now in, in 2020. So we shall see what things, you know, come along. I'm, I'm hoping. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, Black History Month has been, I mean, when I was growing up, I learned Black History Month like this. It was, um, and that's part of the reason why I want to do this podcast, because Black mm-hmm. History Month for me was uh, some chick sat in a bus somebody else argued 
There was a couple protests. Mm-hmm. People drank out of different fountains. Uh, mm-hmm. And a few people were whipped. End of story. Have a nice day. Yep. Here's some peanut butter. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like that was exactly. it. And I'm just like, this that is not it. This is not, and then I'm learning things like now. This hasn't been completely verified, but we we can through the through the context of the time. For instance, George Washington, um, mm-hmm. his teeth were not wooden; they could not have been wooden. I don't know why we never questioned the fact that they were wooden, um, mm-hmm. because wooden teeth just wouldn't work. Um, you would taste. Yeah that in your mouth constantly they would harbor tons of bacteria and they would break the wood wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. support our bite force so just the idea of wooden teeth is not something that we ever did um so they used to use things like uh ivory um and they Uh also would use most of the time they would use Mm -hmm. um teeth from um either cadavers or more commonly um, from either the very poor or um, people who were enslaved. And George Washington had uh, quite a few slaves. So the fact that some or all of his dentures were made up of the teeth of some of his slaves is not that far-fetched. Now, Mm -hmm. is it verified? No, it's not verified. But the reality of the Mm -hmm. time is that many of the people who had dentures and things did take them out of the mouths of slaves. And it's brutal Mm -hmm. and it's terrible. And it is something that we don't learn. We learn this, this fun, you know, fanciful tale of, oh, he had wooden teeth. And that's not Mm -hmm. the case. Um, and I think when we start learning the reality of these figures, we can Absolutely. start saying, well, yes, that's our history. But, mm-hmm. you know, at what expense? It needs to stop being so exactly. whitewashing. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. and, and that's and... The, it would be like if. Honestly, it's I'm, I'm not trying to equate Nazism here to 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 what they were doing, because it, it, I mean, it. They weren't, you know, committing acts of genocide. Um, not until not yeah, until but, but um, anyway, yeah. but um, but you know, it's it is like as if Germany were to say, oh, you know, Hitler, uh, you know, he 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 made Germany a much uh, richer place. He built a lot of things. He he made a lot of uh, a lot of uh, technological advancements. We all had wonderful Volkswagens. We all had cars. And it's like, mm. you're missing the point. So it's, exactly. it's, it's you know, we, we exclude a lot, you know, and we mm-hmm. do it for the sake of the children. Yeah, but when we do that, we are glorifying these figures. And then those children grow mm-hmm. up and wonder what all the fuss is about. Mm-hmm. You know, because my whole life, for instance, Aunt Jemima was a great figure. Oh, she was, you know, she was my... Uh, she was the, the lady on the pancakes here. Pan- Why would I yep. care? Mm-hmm. How does that affect me? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's a symbol of that's from the Jim Crow area. That that she's she's a yes. mammy. And yes, and exactly. That is something that didn't ever occur to me as it would occur to mm-hmm. someone who would be affected by that. 
You know something new that I learned in 2020 with all of these unveilings? A master bedroom is referred to of that due from slavery, of that being where the master slept. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I never knew the correlation. Yeah, that's the master's bedroom. Yep. Never knew the correlation. So apparently now they're trying to rename the master bedroom. called the main bedroom or the biggest bedroom. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine with the main bedroom, but I just feel a lot of times, you know, society right now is just losing focus and, you know, worrying about changing images on bottles and, you know, other things rather than really changing the system. And that's part (laughs) of my knee jerk. Like today there was a, you know, my, my brother actually sent me an article that had to do with, um, I believe it was Twitter and another company. It wants to change Mm -hmm. part of the coding language because you have, especially with servers, you have a master server and then you have a slave Mm. server and the slave server, you you could even talk about devices like that. Like your computer Mm -hmm. is the master device and then your mouse would be a slave device. So like, the slave devices listen to what the main device or the master device does. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of, that's, that's part of programming language. I know yeah. that, it, you know, should it be changed? Yeah, sure. Why even have it in our vernacular? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like it's a small thing that doesn't affect the vast majority of people like making coding language more inclusive is not mm-hmm. changing society on the level that we Mm-mm. need. And I think it's something that companies are doing to try and satiate people when in reality, exactly. bigger things that need to be done aren't really being done. Um, oh, no. And I, and that's why I get this knee jerk reaction of, Oh, come on, you know, you're wasting your mm-hmm. time here or we're, we're focusing mm-hmm. on, on the, on the low hanging fruit. But another mm-hmm. way to look at it is maybe it's good that we're starting somewhere. I do have an issue, though. They also want to get rid of the term blacklist. I do have an mm-hmm. issue with that because blacklisted and whitelisted, it, it doesn't come from any kind of a racial, um, you know, I mean, you can say maybe it's connected to race now, but it was never, mm-hmm. it never had anything to do with race to say something is blacklisted. Um, it, it's, it's origins were actually Greek. So it never, mm-hmm. came, it never was related to a, um, to a racial, uh, you know, uh, racial bias. Undertone. Racial undertone. I, I, I didn't realize they were trying to do away with that. Term. Yes. And, and my, my whole thing. And again, I have a knee jerk reaction to it as a white person. Um, Mm -hmm. which is really convenient as a white person. I'm able to, you know, sometimes I, I I do realize the fact that as a white person, it's really convenient for me to say what's, um, what's offensive and what's not offensive. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I'm not a person of color. I, I didn't grow up that way. I, it's really easy for me to sit there and go, well, that's blacklisting is not offensive. But if I was a black person, yeah. maybe that word is offensive. But I also yeah. feel like, well, we do have actual colors. We have black, mm-hmm. we have white, we have red, we have yellow, we have colors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so if we don't, if, if anything we say that's related to those colors is 
somehow construed as a racist remark. Well, in fairness, Black always tends to have a negative connotation when it comes to describing anything in society, you know. But that I would say, and I agree with you, but that that I would say, that doesn't come from Black people or from race. The reason why Blackness, and so we usually talk about, um, so darkness, Blackness, shift things that are things that are scary um mysterious unknown as blackness is darkness we talk about things like purity as whiteness a white yes uh wedding dress a uh Mm -hmm. the 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 white light of heaven the white light of god Mm -hmm. the you know angels the the white wings of an angel you don't Mm -hmm. say the black wings of an angel but we're not yeah. talking about the actual we're not we're talking about the actual color black. We're not talking about the figurative description of black when it comes to race. So that again is another that's what I mean there's color is going to exist. But that doesn't come from a racial um from a racial a, a place of racial bias. That comes because I, I the majority of it comes from the fact that humans have been afraid of the dark, you know, from the, Mm -hmm. from the dawn of our evolution, we've been, um, we've been afraid of the dark. We've been afraid of, um, you know, nocturnal predators. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, darkness has always been associated with a sense of uneasiness. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was regardless of your color. That was not, uh, that was not a racial thing. That's just, how we are we we are more comfortable in the daytime than we are at night we feel uh, it's just i mean if you're in an empty parking lot during the day you don't think about it in an empty parking lot at night it's scary all of a sudden and you know we i think there does need to be a conversation about how do we separate these things yeah i i'm not the person to do it definitely um, because I don't, I don't know what's offensive and what's not. That's part of. And and let me state, I don't have all the answers for black people in the oh, world you don't? either. You know, nah. Oh, unfortunately, I, I don't. I know people like to think we do. But, I thought um... you spoke for all of them. <laughs> nah, oh. just just for oh. myself. You know, but for the for the most part, I can. Oh, obviously. But as far as when it comes to changing this system and really figuring out ways of moving forward i don't have those answers i i'd like to know I'm, I'm learning a lot you know i'm trying to well, see well for your for your information just so you know for future reference i do speak for all gay people every gay person yeah. <laughs> every trans person i speak for all of them they all know me speak yeah, for, them I speak all? for everybody okay yeah I, I could yeah I can take what I say that. is gospel for them. They all yes, none of them disagree. <laughs> they all agree. They all agree with me one hundred percent on all issues. All right, I'm yes. certain they do. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, any one of us that speaks, we all we we're all connected. It's it's the it's the agenda mm-hmm. book that we follow. We have a, a centralized yes. <laughs> agenda. So, I wanted to if it's if it's okay if if there's nothing. Um, that if there's nothing else you wanted to touch on, I wanted to get into white fragility. I'm ready when you um, are. 
And that you can speak on. <laughs> that you have firsthand. That I do. I do. I'm I'm very fragile in many ways. Um yes. so now so now we're not so neither one of us have read the book. So we're we're no. coming from a place of um a talk that we both watched. This was an hour and a half yes. talk that um that uh, Dr. Robin J. D'Angelo had. Uh, she's the author of White Fragility. Yes. Um, she mm-hmm. wrote the book in 2018. And then she had uh, a talk at the Seattle Central Library um, regarding mm-hmm. some of the key concepts within her book, White Fragility. Um, and by the way, I'm going to leave a link to this talk um, on YouTube uh, in our show notes. Um, so awesome. first, she starts... Um, talking about uh, what white fragility is. And she says that, first of all, um, all white people are born into a Mm. system of social superiority. We are the Mm. social majority. We're on the top of the the social ladder. So we're born Mm -hmm. with this innate superiority. Yes. and any time a white person is questioned about their privilege mm-hmm. or any time you state that you're superior or you may have a racial bias to a white person, they get mm-hmm. very angry, fearful, guilty, argumentative, mm-hmm. or silent. Yep. They rebel. Mm-hmm. They challenge you. Um Mm-hmm. Because they want to return back to their racial comfort and they want to maintain mm-hmm. their dominance within racial hierarchy. Because anything that threatens their worldview may threaten mm-hmm. the racial hierarchy or that, that superiority that is that, that we're born with. Yeah. Um, and this was difficult for me to hear, actually, because my, my knee-jerk reaction by the way, was, I'm not part of that. I don't, I'm not. And as I was saying that, um, she mentions how you're not the choir. I'm not the choir. Nobody's the choir. And if you're thinking right now that you're not part of this system, you're wrong. And I said, well, shit on me then. Um, Yep. (laughs) So, um, so she calls this this system, she calls it white fragility. They're just the way that we react to, I'm not racist and I, I don't have a problem. Um, I, work, I work with a black lady. Yes, yeah. I, I work that's, with, a, that's one I work with a black woman. I, I have a black cousin. I have a black friend. Mm-hmm. I do a podcast mm-hmm. with the black woman who's also my friend. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. No. I still have racial bias i was still Mm -hmm. born in a system that um a system of social superiority Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me that automatically accepted Mm -hmm. me as a higher as kind of a a more important individual or a a a higher ranking individual because of the color Mm -hmm. of my skin and that's not debatable that's a fact. We are part mm-hmm. of the majority. Absolutely. So uh, 
she goes through and uh, talks more about um, kind of uh, how we feel, um, you know, kind of why we feel uh, this way. Mm -hmm. And she said that it's triggered a lot by anxiety and discomfort. um, And it's all born again out of superiority and entitlement and, um, and, and just this, this powerful idea of racial control. Um, and she says that there's two main challenges to defeating this or to making somebody realize that they, they do have a racial bias or that they are racist. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first challenge is humility is that Mm -hmm. we're not humble. We don't, we, we think very highly of ourselves. Um, and the second one is individualism, that whole Mm. notion, like you said, if I have a black friend. I, I am, I am yeah. better. I work with a black woman. That idea yeah. that I cannot be part of the problem. Yes. It is not me. Mm-hmm. I am not like them. Yeah. And especially when she said that, that hit home because it made me realize mm-hmm. that's the first thing I thought of was I'm mm-hmm. nothing like them. Yeah. But upon further reflection, as you'll see, I'm just like them. Um, (laughs) I am part of the, you know, it's funny because she makes a really good point too that this is for progressives. This is not for for the the super racist, you know, crazy, bigoted people. This is for white progressives. She's writing this Mm -hmm. as a white woman for white progressives. This is what this book is for, to tell white progressives, by the way, you're also part of this problem. Yeah. And you've benefited from this. And you've benefited from this. Exactly. Yeah. So she talks about how racism is a system. It's not an event. Mm -hmm. So it's the system Mm -hmm. of racism. It's the, Mm -hmm. the, um, she goes on and and talks about, um, she actually has, at one point, she showed um, a slide and it kind of had all of the, you know, from slavery um, onward and, you know, segregation mm-hmm. and the Jim Crow laws and to redlining. Um, yes. Yeah. And she yeah. was like, and we haven't even gotten to the start of my lifetime yet. And she's like, we yeah. haven't even, we haven't even brushed the surface. And this, it's this long list of, of things And it Mm -hmm. it shows how this is not a single event. This is something that has been going on from the beginning, from Mm -hmm. slavery. And everyone just assumes that slavery ended. Yeah. um, When the Emancipation Proclamation was read. And they don't question what happened afterward. Absolutely. Um, she has a really interesting anecdote, by the way, about Jackie Robinson, how we as white people um, make ourselves feel better. And we say things like he broke the color line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he you know, he was able to, you know, come into baseball and, and be so successful. And, and and what she said was. The way that we present that story um, mm-hmm we're saying that he did it that he was exceptional and it carries with it that no one else before him had the ability Mm -hmm. to do what he did yeah 
So it has mm-hmm. this subtext of he was the one person who was able to do it out of this inferior group. When yeah. in reality, that's not what it was. He was the first person that we allowed onto the field. We allowed Absolutely. him onto the field because it benefited us. It benefited mm-hmm. the team. So um, so she said to imagine this. Um, imagine if we presented it like this. Jackie Robinson, the first black man that White's allowed to play major league baseball mm. because that's that's really what it what it was we yeah. allowed him rewrite all the history books now immediately yes exactly <laughs> and that's the, and that's the problem we we take it as oh he triumphed he he made it to major yeah. league he didn't yeah. make it to major we allowed Ooh. him to play yeah Mm-hmm. And it could have been anyone. And not to take away anything from Jackie Robinson did or the people he inspired or the successes yeah. he had, because those were his own. Absolutely. But it could have been any other name in that slot. Whoever it was that it was convenient for us to place on mm-hmm. their team, that mm-hmm. was who we were going to place on the team. And exactly. that was going to be the person that broke the color line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like she said, the truth is, if we didn't say he could play, he wouldn't have been able to play. She said he would have been yeah. arrested on the field. Absolutely. Um, it was up to them. So uh, she does give a, an example of post-civil rights racism. Um mm-hmm. And how it was reduced to the following uh, definition. An individual who continuously does not like people based on race and is intentionally mean to them. Uh, She said that this definition actually protects the system of racism. Because it exempts virtually everyone from racism. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's responsible for white defensiveness. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the reason why someone like me says i'm not racist i'm not like that person i'm not mean to to black people i'm not mean to those people why am i somebody who's racist i'm not like that person from in the you know from the kkk i'm not holding a torch and protesting like a white nationalist like those lunatics yeah how convenient it is that white people made a definition of racism that excluded most white people yeah (laughs) Preach on. <laughs> Preach on. I, I loved every minute of her, you know, her seminar it that she really, did. It, it was, was just incredible. And we're just, it, it we're really just was. scratching the surface. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's so complex. It is. That's it the, is. That's the, the thing the, about really, the, the best yeah. thing to do is to actually go listen to her. But I think, I think this is, yeah. this is just a, a little synopsis of things that she said um so she said that the bedrock of racism it is to it is to be believed lies Mm -hmm. on top of white nationalists it allows the average white person to essentially claim they aren't racist it connects Mm -hmm. racism to individuals moral character so a Mm -hmm. good person is not racist a bad person is racist it gives us this binary idea of what racism is Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And that's to our detriment because again, it doesn't, it, it doesn't exemplify the true meaning of what racism is. It doesn't, it doesn't yes. exemplify the reality of what is really going on in the world. It doesn't mm -hmm. show us why there is, there are things like police brutality. There are things yeah. like, um, you know, uh, discrimination when it comes to hiring people or selecting people for services or, or mm -hmm. any of the above. The prison system. Or the prison system. Why, why mm -hmm. people of color get a harsher prison sentence. Yeah, we absolutely. will have an episode dedicated to that as well. <laughs> oh, that would be Prison amazing topic. I really want to talk about because um, I have a lot of questions and I, there are some things yeah. I don't agree with that I'd like to really go through. Um, absolutely. And um, so uh, one really amazing thing that she that she talks about um, mm -hmm is that, that one, one really amazing thing that she said uh, out of the many things she said um, she said ever have somebody say um, no you misunderstood me and then you mm. say no 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 you you know you misunderstood me like you're you're misunderstanding my point like I'm not trying to be racist here you're just misunderstanding mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say you know, like, I'm not saying that, you know, your neighborhood is a bad neighborhood. I'm just saying that mm -hmm. because, because, you know, black people live there. I'm just saying that most neighborhoods seem to be black or something. You know what I mean? Like, and a yeah. person would say, no, that's a racist statement. And you would say, no, you're just misunderstanding what I'm trying to say. She said, mm -hmm. what if the person understood you perfectly? In yeah. fact, they <laughs> even understood what you meant. And yeah. you don't understand how what you meant comes from a racist framework. Absolutely. So it's not that they're misunderstanding. It's that mm -hmm. I'm being a racist asshole. Yeah. And <laughs> instead of taking that and saying, yes, I'm being a racist asshole right now. Mm -hmm. I'm putting that blame because of my white fragility, by the way. I'm putting yeah. my I'm putting that blame on them for not understanding mm -hmm. me. And and you know that how can how convenient it, it is. It's really <laughs> convenient. And it, it's it's it is definitely something that I have been guilty of. I think I think mm -hmm. I've given um I've given a lot of people um I think I've, I've said that to a lot of people. Like, no, 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 you're misunderstanding me. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really. I mean this, and I don't mean that. And no, yeah. I, I think they understood what I meant. I think what I mm -hmm. was meaning to say, though, was a shitty thing. Um, yeah. And it, it really, you know, what I like about her is that she really highlights um, a lot of. Um, a lot of what's wrong with um, with white people, with the way we think. And I, I yeah. like the, the idea also that, you know, that black people can't be racist. When she says people of color can't be racist. Um, at first glance, yeah. I go, what do you mean they can't be racist? Of course, everybody could be racist. Because racism, yeah. no, you could be bigoted. You could of be course. hateful. Yeah. 
But that's different than being can't racist. Be racist. You can't be racist because racism is a system. It's born out of mm-hmm. a system of superiority. So yes. it is impossible for you to be racist because yeah. you are not the majority. You, you yeah. don't have that ability. There is not a system set up for you to be racist. Well, supposedly in 2050, we'll be the majority. So maybe the tables <laughs> will turn. <laughs> maybe it'll be you know, our people, time. People do think that, that, that's your, that that's your goal. You know, people do think that like that's the goal. You know, they want people to, you know, they, they want us to become the new slaves. They, I mean, I yeah. heard things of like, you know, again, as a white person, I hear a lot of horrible things that people say. And yeah. I hear, um, you know, oh, they're they're shitting on the beaches. They're putting stuff in our food. Um, and I, of course, we know the they I'm talking about. Um, mm. You know, and they're rioting and they're breaking things. And they're so. I didn't hear the shitting on the beaches. That's that, something new. Again, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. But what I want to what I want to hear from you and what, what I'm trying to understand. OK, because my, my whole thing is I understand to a point why the riots mm-hmm. are happening. Mm-hmm. What I don't seem to get and, and what what is still an issue with me is. The threats to, to police officers the throwing things at police officers that are, you know, whether they're innocent or not. I mean, police officers that don't mm-hmm. have anything to do with it. Now, the argument can be, well, they, you know, these are the, not that they're the same officers, but the police have been tear gassing people in the streets. And, oh, yeah. you know, oh. but is that, is this the correct response for people to be, attacking police officers or to be ruining their own neighborhoods i i am i still i cannot well here we go with the their own neighborhoods in all actuality what is theirs in their neighborhood what do black people own in the ghetto absolutely nothing barely anything i mean so at the end of the day when people say oh you're destroying your neighborhood no still not theirs um do I always agree in destroying property? No, I do not. But I do agree when you're, you're frustrated and you, you try to peacefully kneel and that's taken as the utmost disrespect to our flag. How dare they disrespect mm-hmm. our country? You know, there's been so many peaceful ways of trying to get changes or things done that, you know, eventually people resort to violence and destroying property and it's unfortunate but it, it's making changes I I I mean it's it's just it's hard for me because again it's it's a little more and it's a little deeper than the way I'm explaining of it course, to be honest of course it's a lot more complex than that but um and like I say at the I, I don't condone you know, insulting police officers who are really just there to do their job and keep the crowd in order. But, you know, when you have those cases of, like you said, police spraying gas and, you know, 
pepper spray and beating on people and out of control from the people who do want to just in- innocently protest. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not fair. No. So it's a lot of di- it's a lot of dynamics to it. Yeah. It and is. I, I keep hearing this this argument, too, from people like, well, it's just, you know, people from other neighborhoods or people around are just trying to take advantage and loot things and get things. And oh, yeah. And it's like, I don't personally me like I don't give a shit about the like I like it's whatever if they want to like I I really don't give a shit I feel like things are not going to change until people are affected until windows are broken until people wake the fuck up until statues are pulled exactly like people are not going to change until things Mm -hmm are really until somebody is driving through a neighborhood and says look at all this broken glass what can we do Mm -hmm. to stop this because Mm -hmm. they tried to peacefully protest and the police were gassing them so it's like at what level like where do you go from there but i do get aggravated with the opportunistic people with the people who are just being oh, absolutely. opportunistic who just want to go and do it because they want to be part of something at the same token though even if they're quote unquote a bad actor okay whatever their meaning is behind it whatever their whatever their um their motive is yeah, whatever their motive is mm-hmm. the cons mm-hmm. if the consequence of what they're doing okay is still pushing the narrative and pushing the cause forward and bringing more Mm -hmm. attention to this even if it's bad attention is that so bad like i don't i don't know if if some negative attention is bad attention Mm. even if some of it's negative i just get worried because the the far right and the the you know the the racists the i mean i'm talking about the bigots i should call them the bigots because as we learned we're all racist well all the white people are racist um the the bigots yes what about like yes y'all are (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know what the fuck to do i mean really i i don't know it's it's there was such a, a a moment of i mean it's it's a process now. I mean, now it's a process. It is. It is. I've learned now that it, it is a process. I can't call myself an ally of the black community because an ally is not just something I am. It's something I'm actively doing. I'm actively being an ally. It's something I have to work on. I can't just say I'm not a racist because Racial bias is something I was born into and I've lived with my whole life and I can't just turn it off. And, and I think the quicker we all recognize that, we all recognize our knee-jerk reaction when, mm-hmm. you know, somebody wants to take the Land O'Lakes woman off of the, um, off of the, the, the carton or somebody wants to take mm-hmm. Aunt Jemima off of the bottle. I think we mm-hmm. need to really step back and go, why am I so defensive? Why is yeah. this pissing me off so much? Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. and that, and I, I mean, that's the, that is the most, um, most work I've, 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 
I think I've done so far that that's the furthest I've come is to try my best not to have this knee jerk reaction of, well, why does everybody care so much? Yeah. Well, the fact that, you know, Michael, you know, you are educating yourself. You have already been quite educated on race relations. Let's just say that, you know, prior to COVID racism 2020, (laughs) you know, um, so that means a lot. And, you know, like you say, this is something that white people are born in this society, having this upper hand. And should all white people feel guilty for that? No, I don't think that's the intentions. But when you are knowledgeable, when you are empathetic to situations, when you do try to help, like you do donating to the NAACP, you know, there that speaks volume. So there's... That means a lot for the white allies. Mm-hmm. So regardless if, you know, you're you're white and racist by nature, you're not a racist bigot on purpose. Those mm-hmm. are the ones I don't respect or want nothing to do with. Like that's that's the those are the scary ones. Yeah. Oh, and let me just say that's that's like the least people can do is is donate to the yeah. NAACP. Like that's the least you can do is donate to the NAACP, the ACLU, and Black Lives Matter. Like the absolute. Uh, I, I'm a little. We're going to be a little careful with the Black Lives Matter donating really? to them because, yeah, that that's a little on the oh. fence about who's really behind oh, that and where, and where the money's going, and you know, so that that that's another topic for another oh. day. <laughs> We will talk about Black Lives Matter the next episode. That's what we'll talk about. I would love to. All right. I would love to. Because be- at the end of the day, they do matter, you know. Yeah. But what 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 needs to be concerned is where, where that money's going. And not to mention, I did order my T-shirts about a month ago and still haven't gotten them. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I haven't got my pin you know. yeah. I'm going to call up and yell. <laughs> you know what? You people can't do anything right. <laughs> you people are always on yeah. screen time. <laughs> you people are like, late to everything. On. I should have known. Should have <laughs> known it wasn't going to come till like three months later. Um, God, so many angry messages now. If anybody listens to this, can I say yeah. that? <laughs> Just remember <laughs> that's what you're listening to. <laughs> so you have been warned. We went in here gently for the first episode, but I will say things may kick up a little bit. So I hope that the people have been enjoying yeah, and will it's, tune it's, in. We're definitely going to get more comfortable as time goes on and definitely going to kick it up a notch. Um, this yes. was just the first episode and we took it took it a little easy right now. But if you want political correctness, you're not going to get it from yeah. us. So, not yeah. here. so this episode was, you know, so you get to know us a little bit. But um mm-hmm. Tune in for next week because we're really gonna uh, give it our all. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, so anyway, Victoria, it's been a pleasure um, as always. You know, uh, I do want to uh, mention a couple of things before we go. I wanted to let everyone know that can I say that was recorded and distributed by Anchor FM. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and do not reflect the opinions or views of Anchor FM or its subsidiaries. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. We are not professionals. Isn't that right, Victoria? Um, so they say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be professionals soon, but right now we're not. 
Um, no. Uh, the song Artifact was provided by Kevin McLeod under Creative Commons International 4.0 license. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our fabulous ramblings, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, I have all the links in the show notes. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank so you. This has been, thank this has been you. fun. It's been a blast. All right. Well, take care. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Catch you next time, buddy. Toodles. Hold on. Wait. I'll have to edit this out. (coughs) I have a tickle in my throat. Fuck. Oh, got to take a sip Damn. of something. Fuck. Yeah. Sip of this hot tea. Had to drink some water, jeez. <clears throat> mm-hmm. How do you think this is going so far? I think it's going great. <coughs> I'm enjoying myself. Well, I'm enjoying myself, know, you know, it's just us talking. Yeah. I know, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll start again. Um, so I'm going to have to edit that pause out. (laughs) I lost the tape. (laughs) All right. It's okay. Um, a little disclosure. Yeah, it's a little thing. I got to just, um, Here it is.